Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. everybody and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name is Taylor Payne and I'm joined this week by Lonesome on his own, Mr George Culkin. How are you doing, George? Are you okay? I'm all right, yeah. Lonesome on me, Lonesome. But you're back. You're back. I'm back. Hooray. Hooray. Yes, I mean, I'm back. Chris, How did Chris, the place possibly continue without me? No oh, well, idea. it was a struggle. I had to say, I had to... No, kind, it was I, very I had, good. I had to fill your boots. That wasn't natural. It wasn't natural territory for me. I'm, <laughs> I like to be the kind Sterling of job. I like to be the grumpy one, snarking from the sidelines. I don't want to be the upbeat one, getting everyone to listen. That's no good. It seems like an easy job, doesn't it? But then I have to deal with you and Chris and keep you in line. You see, and that's yeah. difficult. Well, Chris isn't here this week, so your job might be a bit easier. Well, very possibly. We've got lots to go through anyway. But I've found something out recently which has disturbed me to my core, George. Oh no! I have to say. Oh no! And it's ups- it's upset me quite a lot. Right? Just listen to this. Right? Listen. Alexa, play Fog on the Tyne by Gaza and Lindisfarne. I can't find Fog on the Tyne by Gaza and Lindisfarne in your music library. Oh, George. Jesus, Taylor. You're going to have to resign from the Geordie Nation. That is appalling. But, not, but not... it's not just my fault. Watch this. Alexa, play Fog on the Tyne by Gaza and Lindisfarne on Spotify. I can't find the song Fog George. on the Tyne Jesus. by Gaza and Lindisfarne on Spotify. What the... What is going on in the universe? Has it been hang deleted? On, hang on, hang on. Did it hey, never Siri. exist? It's, it, she can't hear hey, sh- Shut oh. up. Good afternoon, George. Please, <laughs> please play Fog on the Tyne by Gaza and Lindisfarne. I didn't find Fog on the Tyne by Gaza and Lindisfarne on Apple Music. Oh, no. What are we, we didn't do about this, George? This I isn't right. Know. I don't know. What's, what's going on? What's going on? Oh my um, god! As if twenty twenty well, couldn't get any worse. I thought you were admitting that it wasn't in your music library, and therefore well, that was that was a sign of your inadequacy as a human being. A bit like me not seeing goal. Well, no, but not only is it not in my music library, according to this, it doesn't exist whatsoever. I'm I'm really concerned about this. <sighs> we're going to have to yeah, get onto Alan Hall or someone and find out what the hell's going on with this. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> this we need to we need to reach out and find out what's going on. Let's crack on. Mike Ashley released a statement last night. Uh, he doesn't do that very often. Um, and he is condoning the whole PPV uh, situation. Sorry, pay-per-view. We don't sh- shorten that to PPV, do we, George? I listened no. in last week and you no. really did get your dander up about that, didn't you, poor Chris? Well, it was only it's <laughs> consistency. I demand consistency. I want consistency. I want consistency from Newcastle. I want consistency from my podcast co-hosts. Very good. Okay. Kicking his toys out of the pram at me changing Alain Saint-Maximin to ASM while he was changing pay-per-view to P-per-V. It's just ludicrous, that. Nonsense. Little squirt. Jumped up little squirt. <laughs> Jumped up little squirt. Bless him. Not even here to defend himself. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, so this, this, this statement that Mike Ashley's put out there, George, what do you think of this? It's all a bit weird, isn't it? Well, it's that strange thing where you sort of, um, you find yourself questioning, I mean, this is a bit like, 
Guzzer and Lindisfarne, Fogel and the Tan, you find yourself questioning the your place in the universe and whether yeah. the world has been turned upside down because sort of find myself agreeing with Mike Ashley and it's like, no, that's... Ugh. That can't be right. No, that can't be right. No, that's not right. No, hang on, no. Have I but not yeah, read this properly? <laughs> so I've not read this. I need to... I'll just turn this upside down. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And, yeah, so he's released this statement basically condemning the Premier League's price pointing for the for the pay-per-view matches saying £14.95 is too expensive and people can't afford it and four ninety five would make a, a lot more sense and then give the profits to... You know, some to the Premier League and some to the uh, the rest to the to lower down the football chain. It's like, well, hang on, what what is what is going on here? Why why is he doing this? What's what? And it does feel like, you know, you, you on the face of it, it's fair enough. It makes sense. You know, it absolutely yeah. makes sense, and it's fine. And we we can all agree we can all agree with this. On the other side, it doesn't make sense at all because if Mike Ashley was so concerned about where money is going and where his team supporters money was going they would have taken steps to address the fact that season ticket holders are still having money taken from them there's no sign of refunds they've not engaged with the newcastle uh, united supporters trust in in spite of plenty of attempts this is a club that was the first to furlough and last to come out and hasn't talked about that in public and so this idea of mike ashley being this sort of you know, man of the people is sort of an astonishing one. I mean, but yeah, on on the simple on the simple fact of this, he's he's right. But why is he doing it? I think that's the that's the that's the kind of question to ask. And yeah. this comes hard on the heels of him calling out the Premier League at the end of the uh, the sort of takeover saga, at the end of the first takeover saga, and then the second attempt and engaging in a war of words with the Premier League about that, about what had been rejected yeah. and not been rejected. And to me, it feels like this is part of that mm. campaign, if you want to call it that, you know, this kind of guerrilla warfare against the Premier League, finding any uh, and every sort of available opportunity to uh, cause them a bit of agitation and embarrassment. I mean, mm. something else that doesn't make sense in the statement, he says that Newcastle agreed uh, with the fourteen ninety five yeah. price point for pay per view games, because there was no other alternative at the time. Well, there wasn't the alternative. The alternative disagree. was to disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it's absolutely the same as everything with Mike Ashley's Newcastle. You know, there's the, a question is answered, and it just raises several more. I mean, and it, it's weird. It's weird on the face of it. Yeah, I agree with what he said, but there's more to it than meets the eye. There always is. Yeah, there's been quite a bit of a backlash against this the pay per view stuff, hasn't there? And I mean, I had a bit of a, a rant a couple of weeks ago when it all first kicked off, and I haven't had the chance to speak to you about it actually. Um, but I'm, I'm after listening to what you said last week. I think your your feelings on this pretty much align with mine. Um, but do you think this we could find that other clubs follow Mike Ashley here with this? Do you think there could be more statements released from other clubs where they? They try and, uh, and and kick back a bit against the broadcasters and against the Premier League with this, or do you think this is just one man lonely kind of swinging in the dark, hoping that something lands? It, it, well, I, we'll, I don't know what's going to happen with this. We'll we'll see soon enough. I mean, there's a Premier League meeting today. We're recording on Tuesday, and there's a Premier League meeting uh, today in which they're discussing this, and um, you know there might be some fallout to it, and there might there might be a change to it. There's a very interesting report in the in the Times today, my old paper, in which it. Martin Ziegler, the reporter, says that for one of the games, there was there were less than a thousand paying 
customers, allegedly. I mean, it hasn't named yeah. which game it was. Now, that's r- ridiculous. I mean, that is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense to the broadcasters. It doesn't make sense for the clubs or the Premier League. I mean, again, the one thing you can say about Mike Ashley, perhaps, perhaps if I'm trying to look in his sort of... Uh, favour or to or to sort of see it from his perspective a bit more the one thing he knows about is price pointing yes, <laughs> the one thing yeah. he knows about I mean because if you've ever been into a sports direct and there's not been a sale on then you've never been into sports direct <laughs> because you know yeah. that's what he knows he knows about piling high and selling cheap and yeah. you know it always felt you were you were absolutely spot on with what you said the other week incredibly passionate about it it's fine if if it's paying a fiver for for one of these matches, I do understand it and I do get it. Yeah, I mean, I said I would I would be on board with that. If it was a fiver, I could get it. I, I could understand it in this climate. In the price point for me is the is is the real issue. Like forty ninety five to me, that's a piss take. That's far too much at this time in this climate with with people losing jobs and being made redundant and all that sort of stuff and all the shit that they have to deal with in their day to day lives at the minute and football being one of the few points of joy for a lot of people. £15, 40 95 whatever it is, is a piss take. 4 95 I can get on board with. I can get on board with that because you're paying 4 95 I mean, I know some people don't have 4 95 Again, it's still a lot of money for some people who are, who, who are on the breadline or who have got nothing, you know. 4 95 is, is still a bit of money. But for the quality product that you're getting, and it's a Premier League game, so-called best league in the world and all that, I think 4 95 is okay. I think you can justify. I think it's justifiable. You know, I don't I think, think fourteen ninety five is justifiable. No, I think that's a it's a it's a great point, and there is that sort of sense that, I mean, for a lot for a lot of us, you've certainly wanted this sense that since lockdown happened and Corona happened, that what we've been trying to get is that feeling of us all being in something together. And yeah. I mean, this is slightly changing the subject, but you see that with sort of the, the Marcus Rashford stuff over the past kind of couple of weeks, past few weeks. Yeah. I mean, what an astonishing human being he is, by the way. Incredible. Um, I saw I saw you say on Twitter the other, uh, I think it was last night, basically saying one of the sad things is is that we can't be in stadiums to give that fella a standing ovation when he comes yeah. to stadiums across the, and the north. And he should get it. Yeah. And, he, and he should. I mean, I know that kind of thing doesn't happen very often, but what a remarkable human being, but who's tapped into something that... That we're sort of all feeling, and it's the same with this. I mean, the 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 response from supporters who, instead of paying for pay per view, have donated to their food banks. Started off at Newcastle, brilliant. I mean, really, really brilliant. But then carried on, you know, elsewhere, everywhere else has been pay per view games at Liverpool. An astonishing amount of money has been raised. Just and yeah. and the Premier League have got it wrong. They've got this wrong. And I think you know, I think for a fiver, you can sort of say, all right, fine, I'm making a contribution to something. Yes, it's it's money on top of money that I'm paying elsewhere, but it's sort of reasonable. It's going towards costs. As long as you feel like you're buying into something, as long as you feel like, yeah, okay, this isn't you know this isn't a piss take as you say. I think that's kind of fair enough. But fourteen, fifteen quid is a is a piss take in this in this climate, and um, I I really hope they do change it. I know that the you know the Premier League will be irritated by Mike Ashley again, but then you know he's making a he's making a bit of a habit of that. Well, yeah, like you say, it's it, it seems to be a you know a running theme where 
he's a kicking back at the league, and I think a lot of it is to do with this the takeover which didn't happen and and the kind of the fallout from that. Uh, and Mike Ashley, as we know, can occasionally be a very petty individual, can't he? And and he's known for throwing his toys out the pram. Uh, linked to that, though, today there's been a, a, an announcement this morning. It actually came from the Shields Gazette that there's a new legal challenge to the takeover. Um, which has been organised by a, a group called Newcastle Consortium Supporters, which is run by two fans and involving a, a, a top-level sports and competition QC. Do you know anything about this, George? Have you have you heard about this, or what's going on with this? This no, all seems to have come out of the blue. I don't have any. I don't have any sort of insight into into this um, into this particular consortium or what they're trying to do. I mean, it does come it does come to the backdrop of you know Mike Ashley. Um, taking on legal counsel and that rumbling away in the in the background, it's sort of interesting that it comes the day after you know Ashley's latest statement. So, and I think it was you that mentioned it to me that it's been kind of liked by um, by a couple of kind of prominent people on on Twitter uh, yeah, in relation to the. It's been retweeted by Mirdad Gadusi, Jamie Rubin, and Nick DeMarco, who are all involved in the yeah, consortium yeah. and in Mike Ashley's legal challenge on that side of things. It, it's been retweeted by all of those guys. So initially, I kind of dismissed this as soon as I read it. I thought, well, it's just, you know, it's another one of these things where a couple of fans have thought, well, we're going to have a stab at uh, bloody in the nose of the Premier League or whatever. But it's now being retweeted by some pretty credible people and they've got a credible QC involved and They've got funds there to use. Apparently, it's it just. I, I honestly don't know what's happened with this. I'm a bit perplexed by it. I'm, I'm hoping there'll be more information that'll come out over the next couple of days. But as always with this takeover, you've just got to wait, haven't you? You've just got to wait and see what happens. It's it's uh, it's strange. It's a very strange one at the minute. This. Yeah, and as we sort of said a, a couple of weeks ago, when we were kind of being asked why aren't we talking about it anymore, it's like well. You know that's not because that's not because we were sort of actively avoiding it. It was because sort of actively nothing was nothing was happening except that um, you know we'd had we'd had the first version which was to go through the the, the Premier League owner and directors test, which as we all know uh, got snarled up and then uh, the consortium withdrew. Then there was the sort of political side of it, which involved um you know people in Westminster trying to shuttle backwards and forwards between um between the Premier League and and government and and the club and and all relevant parties trying to get it kind of uh back on back on track. That didn't work again. There was a fallout to that and now it's gone to the legal side. And you know those discussions, those legal discussions have been uh, have been going up, going on on the background. I sort of said the last time we talked about it that you know we we were a fair distance away from anything sort of happening, and that remains you know that remains the case as far as certainly as far as I'm aware. We're not talking about you know there being an imminent resolution or anything like that. Yeah. So it's sort of. It's it's in the, and so this is kind of this is part of it. It's interesting that it's being supported by by those people at least tacit, tacitly on social media, but that's very much where we are at the moment. Also got tongues wagging this week when Jamie Rubin walked away from his position at QPR as well, resigned as a, as a was it was he director there or yeah he was a director there. I mean again, like that. yeah that would he wouldn't have been able to kind of carry that carry that on if. If he was going to take a place on the board at Newcastle, I mean that 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 wouldn't have been possible. So yeah, so that's got that's got kind of people talking again. As I say, there's nothing. It's not it's not a sign that that anything is uh, that anything is imminent at, at Newcastle. Sadly, but um, 
But yeah, interesting. It all just adds to the rich tapestry of life, doesn't it, George? It adds to holy, the, the holy fabric shit, of yes. the bollocks that we're looking at every single day at the moment. <laughs> yes, I'm still kind of weary from um, from driving to to Wolves at back at um, Wolves and back at the weekend. Um, Chris uh, Chris is off the lazy little bugger, and um, Wolves is one of the clubs that actually allows in more than one reporter from the same publication. So at most wow. Premier League grounds, it's one reporter per title so the times will have one person at each game for example and so if you see multiple names reporting from a game it means that most of them have done it on a have done it from the telly and only one person is in the stadium now wolves are one of the teams that allow two in so i was there along with tim spears our wolves uh correspondent so yeah drove drove the 200 miles down and it's kind of it's quite good to sort of do it and remind yourself that that's part of the life is yeah. is being on the road and going to a services and eating a, eating a pork pie. Um, that's very much part of my routine. Eating shit because yes. I've got into a car. I don't know why. I don't know why I have that attitude, but it's like it gives me an excuse to eat all the shit that I wouldn't. Because you're hidden away, nobody can see you. Hidden, yeah, you kind of revert <laughs> to caveman. And those um, pasties and things. Like why that. am I? Why am I talking about this? I've no idea, but I presume you're, you're heading towards some kind of conversation about football, which we haven't talked about. Well, we about can do yet. that if you want. Well, we can do that. Well, I'm not sure if we can do that actually. But, no, um, well, it, it was football in the very loosest sense, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a wonderful display. Uh, it was a team much changed, lineup change, formation change. Um, was there a, a change in tactic? Was there a change in strategy? It was. It, I thought. Well. The first 20 minutes, I thought we were all over the place. I thought they didn't have a clue. It looked like none of them had ever considered the concept of football before in the first <laughs> 20 minutes of the game. Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think think Chris Sutton said, um, he called it anti-football, I think he said. Um, and it was like, well, welcome to welcome to Newcastle, Chris. Um, enjoy your stay. Um, and yes, it was. It was, so obviously the, the previous match, Newcastle have been beaten quite heavily by Man U 4-1. There's been a lot of kind of debate about whether that was as bad as the scoreline suggested because, of course, they conceded those three goals in the last four or five minutes. Yeah, I had um, to agree with you guys on what you were saying last week. That I, th- I thought it felt worse than it actually was. I think it felt worse because of the amount of goals that we shipped, but... In well, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, kind of, it was a kind of strange one. I mean, Chris was at the stadium. I was, I was off that week, and so I, and I wasn't certainly wasn't going to pay for the pay per view thing. So I, I watched it on Twitter, and it was the worst game ever. And I kind of listened to it on the radio, and it was that was slightly more sort of conservative with a small C. And I spoke to kind of Chris afterwards, who sort of said, "Well, you know, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Don't get me wrong, it was bad." Uh, it's always bad. It's a very good Chris, but it, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't terrific, and so you do have that sort of. Um, you've got that sort of conversation going on. So anyway, so Bruce sort of defended it. The the performance. I mean, not again. Not trying to claim that it was a, that it was a good performance, but perhaps not as bad as the scoreline has suggested. But there was still. It kind of felt to me like there needed to be some sort of response, a response to the criticism, perhaps, if not to the if not to the performance. And I guess they got that. I mean, the the sort of depressing thing about it, the dispiriting thing about it is hearing the manager kind of say afterwards, well, we've shipped a few goals in the last... We've we've had a couple of hammerings, and so we needed to tighten things up, and that's what they've done. And, and they did. They defended pretty yeah. well, uh, I would say. And it was back to that everybody behind the ball, 
restrict the number of chances. And so there was a sort of, there was a stiffening up, not in a sexy way. Um, there was a, there was that stiffening up. So there was a response. And then within the game, they responded because they considered that goal and then they, then they equalise. And so it's kind of yeah. fair enough. But my God, it's like Groundhog Day. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. So two or three weeks ago, it was, you know, the manager saying, well, you know, we've played in a certain way for such a long time, but we need to kind of loosen the shackles and, you know, I want to get us playing front foot. And so they do that. There's a decent performance against... Burnley and then Man U happens and so it reverts the time and it's just been like this it's been like this since the start under Steve Bruce now part of that is understandable because of the situation he walked into at the club that I wrote a, this was the piece I wrote um which you can see on uh, see on the site that it just feels like it's going from response to change to defeat to response, to change, to defeat. And you know, I'm not saying that the manager kind of escapes responsibility for that. He absolutely doesn't. But it's just this endless cycle, Groundhog Day kind of cycle. So here we are again now when Newcastle are having to stiffen up. And, God, it was, you know, it was turgid. It was yeah. turgid to watch, wasn't it? It was. It was an interesting... When the, when the formation came out and the team... Well, the formation didn't come out, but when the team came out before the game... I spent a good twenty minutes looking at it, scratching my head, going, "I don't, I don't see how this. I don't know where these players fit. I don't know where. Yeah, I, I couldn't work out the formation. And and the Newcastle United Twitter account put the team out in number order rather than in position order, which just added to the the confusion yeah. because I didn't, I didn't have a clue where anybody was playing. I had presumed he was going to try the old um, Fabian Share playing in centre midfield crack again because we know how well that's worked. Uh, over the last few attempts at that, um, but when it when it finally settled and it looked like a five at the back, uh, with Jacob Murphy playing as a, a right wing back uh, on one side, and uh, Jeff Hendrick just sort of sat in the middle on his own with Almiron and Fraser either side of him. I mean, it's an attacking team, isn't it? But <laughs> well, it, it felt really kind of. It just felt really stifled, and I think it they, they didn't they they came out and they didn't seem to know who was doing what and who was playing where for the first twenty minutes, and it, they lost a lot of impetus in that first twenty minutes because they just well I I I think they weren't I don't think it was I don't I mean it it was an attacking lineup I don't think it was an attacking yeah. team I think it was about sitting back and I think it was about sitting back and soaking up the pressure which you know we're used to Wolves playing that kind of football so I think they I mean I don't think Wolves were very good I don't think I don't think Wolves were, to, were kind of particularly on it no, but no. Um, it was sort of weird seeing Almiron Almiron was really disciplined Almiron was making defensive clearance after defensive clearance yeah. I mean that was what he was doing I mean he'll give you that he'll give you that every week won't he he will run himself into the ground every yeah, but he, week for the team he was, he, was, he was running backwards as opposed to running forwards um, and I think Chris Chris reckons that's the fifth formation that They've deployed this season, and 
with St. Maximin and a kind of free role behind Callum Wilson. But I mean, we didn't see we didn't see the fruits of that in a no, in a creative disappointed in, with, with in a creative sense in a creative sense. And it's just it is. I mean, Steve Bruce calls it a work in progress, but it's been a work in progress for a long time now. And again, it certainly has. Yeah, you can see there is mitigation for it, but only some. And it does feel like it's time to sort of have. To find a way that you can that you can sort of stick with and be consistent about. Obviously, you have to mention this weekend that Shelby was missing and Hayden was missing. Hayden was obviously on the bench, but not deemed fit enough to start. And so that that has to be sort of taken into account. But it does feel like it's just this constant cycle. The one thing I would say, I mean, the 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 Jacob Murphy Murphy thing was was, oh, was kind of confusing, but he played really well. He was excellent. He was really good. He did really well in the League Cup game at... I've slowed down in the hope that I can remember or you might join in. Was it Morecambe or Newport? I can't <laughs> Morecambe? remember. It's one of the, it's one of the league... Morecambe, Newcombe. Morecambe. Newcombe. And he did, and he did really well. But albeit that was that was that was that was more that was more that was what it, whichever one it was. And he did really well. And it's been a tough, tough old time for him. But the, he played. It has. He played very well. It was a great goal. It was very clever. Very mm. clever little free kick. So so fair play to him. But they interviewed him after the game. As he seemed to get quite emotional. I mean, we forget that Newcastle was his or his boyhood team. Um, yeah. He spoke about speaking to his brother before the game and getting some words of encouragement because he was feeling very nervous. I thought I thought it was a really refreshing and honest interview that he gave after the game, and you could see there was a bit of emotion there. He was close to cracking a couple of times, and like you say, he's he's had to work really hard. He's been out on loan a few times. He's he's been kind of forgotten by managers in the past and stuff like that. And I think hopefully, fingers crossed. I mean, we, we forget we paid an awful lot of money for Jacob Murphy when he came in. He was a, a it was a big money signing. That was a four, nearly fourteen million pounds, something like that. We paid for him for the uh, the potential that he had, and uh, it, I, th- I think it's nice to see him. You know, getting the the fruits of his of his work is is coming out now. I think it's it's lovely to see. It's a great it's a great thing. He had a good preseason, and I think I think it was that really that. Uh, Seemed to seemed to turn turn it for him, and and Bruce said that there was never a chance of him leaving. And so, yeah, I mean, if he if he can if he can play like that, if he can put performances in like that, then that's a proper that's a proper addition to the squad. It's another it's another option. You want that, um, but I think I think I think we all want something more than just this sort of. I mean, I've described it as they become artists at, at the lurch. They just lurch from one thing and then, and then to another thing. Yeah. It'll, it'll work for a couple of weeks, it stops working, and then they lurch back to something else. And you want them to find something, stick to it, have a and have a settled have a settled way of playing and a kind of and a, and a more settled team. That's what we're all yeah. kind of crying out for. I think. I think it's fair to say that Steve Bruce doesn't know what his best eleven or his best formation is for that eleven, does he? Is that a fair is that a fair comment to make? Well, I think it's. I th- again, I think it's the same thing that 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 Benitez talked about the short blanket. It's 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 that analogy. I think I think I think there's less excuse for it now in the sense that they've got a better squad now than at any point since they came up. But there are things still missing from it. He did want a dynamic midfield player and wasn't able to do that. I mean, there were you know he was linked with people on on loan. I mean, somebody you, you think about somebody like Ross Barclay, who's who's gone to Villa and how he might have fitted into the Newcastle team. I mean, I 
just don't think there would have been much chance of that, bearing in mind uh, wages and things like that. But that sort of figure, and he also wanted a slightly more sort of dynamic centre-half. And so I think he thinks that it's still that kind of bitty squad where you, you solve one problem and then another one emerges. There is inconsistency. There's inconsistency in performance. It's an, they're an inconsistent team. That's what happens if you're a mid-table team. So fine, we're not going to be good enough to win one week and then win the next week and then win the next week. They are a team that win one week, draw the next week, then lose the next week. That's I mean that is life. That is life if you're a mid-table team. It's just that you want to see signs of development and signs of progress and signs of you want to go to a game and think, okay, yeah, I know, I know, I know what we're getting at here. I know what we're moving towards. And it feels like that. I mean, you can't fault him for you can't fault him for try for experimenting. I mm, think yeah. what you want is one of those experiments to stick. And can yes. can it stick? I, I mean, I didn't think we, I didn't think we, uh, we did too badly at containing wolves. You know, I, th- I thought they didn't offer an, o- they didn't, they didn't offer an awful lot on the attack. It wasn't until about, I think it was about the seventy second, seventy third minute or something when they, they greased up Adama Traore and sent him yeah, on yeah, their yeah, own yeah. walking brick shit house on the yeah. right hand side, and he started to cause us problems. And you could see Almiron having to double up with Jamal Lewis in order to, to, to kind of deal with him, and ultimately one of his runs down that, down that side led to led to the Wolves' goal. Um, but apart from that, I, I mean, I, I thought the defence acquitted themselves quite well. Carl Darlow again made a couple of decent saves. He's um, he's, he's deputising well for Martin Dubravka at the minute. Um, and I, th- I think one of the big issues, and I know I've said a couple of times in the past that, that John Joe Shelby can sometimes be a liability, but what we missed was somebody coming and taking the ball off the defence when we yeah. had it. And and he will do that all day. He will do it all day. Now we might turn around and, and smash it into the stands sixty yards away, but he will come and get the ball off them. And there was times against Wolves when the defence looked absolutely terrified because they didn't know who they were going to give the ball to next. And it was going back and forwards across that back five and nobody nobody was taking a chance to get rid of it, or there was nobody dropping deep. So I think we missed John Joe Shelby in that respect. Um Bless Isaac Hayden as well. I mean, he's been consistent for us this season. I thought he's. I think he's done a great job, but he's had a bit of a knock uh, and and hasn't been able to play. I think him and Hendrick as a as a as a defensive two could have could have worked quite well, uh, but we sh- we shall never know if that would be the case. No, and so we approach we approach the game at the weekend against Everton, who obviously yeah. they lost at the weekend, but they've had a brilliant brilliant start to the season. And again, you're yeah. sort of looking at you're looking at it, thinking, well. You know, you want to see something a bit more. You want to see something more from this team. I mean, it was astonishing to look at that, to look at the kind of the way the team lined up in terms of just in terms of personnel. I mean, people have been crying out for Fraser and Almiron and uh, St. Maxima and Wilson to start a game, and they started it, but they were playing as auxiliary defenders. I mean, that's how the whole team was playing. So it wasn't yeah. this. It wasn't this. Suddenly we've got these riches of attacking players. Let's you know be free and fly. It was you're all having to, you're all in this team to do a job, and there needs to be something more than that at some point. And there needs to be, yeah. He Bruce talks about Bruce talks about balance. It's finding that balance between hanging back, stifling a game, and not leaving yourself too open. And they haven't worked out that conundrum. You just long for them to do it because it's it's yeah. painful. It's painful. Well, the next four games are Everton, Southampton, Chelsea, and Palace. Newcastle currently sit on 
Eight points in 14th place, played six, won two, drawn two, lost two. If anything, they are inconsistently consistent. And we are only two points off sixth place. I mean, on the face of it, it looks awful. It they're not playing brilliant football. But when you look at the when you look at the table, you look at the stats, and you look at the points, it's not bad, is it? Is it is well, it bad, George? I don't know. Well, I think you'd say that. You'd, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What the fuck's going on? I don't know. I know. Is it bad or no. not? Well, 14th Somebody tell is, me what to think, George. 14th is par for the course, isn't it? I mean, yeah. 13th, 14th, that's par for the course. That's that's yeah. that's the team that Newcastle are. That's the team that Newcastle have been. Um, if they'd beaten Wolves, I mean, if my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. But if 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 they'd beaten Wolves... Wow. Is that your auntie football, is it? Yeah, it would have been their best start to a season for nine years or something like that. And so it's like, but we're all feeling we're all feeling kind of unsatisfied and we're all feeling grumpy. How does that work? And again, it is the it is the sort of separation between performance, result, uh, system, identity. It's all those sorts of things. Sound like a perf that sounded like a perfume advert you were doing there. Performance, result, system, identity, <laughs> performance. Performance <laughs> Shite by Steve Bruce. <laughs> Pie by Steve Bruce. <laughs> Pasties. Aye, excellent. Yeah, dead. Sorry. <laughs> Fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine. Come on! Fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. Fog on the tine is all mine. Sitting in a sleazy snack bar, sucking sickly sausage rolls. Yeah, so I mean, how do you how do you how do you rate it? I don't I don't. It's it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Um, I mean, I said this. I said this after the Newport game. It's like you look at the league table. Brilliant job. It's not quite the same now, but you know, you, yeah. you know what, what a good job Steve Bruce is doing. You look at the league cup. Fantastic. We're going to win the cup. You know, you look at you look at performances. It's like, oh my god, we're going to get relegated and all that. And there is that sort of, there's just that sort of sense that it doesn't make sense. And yeah, I, I there just needs to be as a as a human being in life, same as in football, as a fan, you want me to hang on to. And it's just like this 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 is a club with no grip. There's nothing to hold on to. What do we hold on to? Um, and that's the bit that I think needs to needs to change. Yeah. Speaking of, of madness and things not making sense, um, Newcastle United have offered a, a short-term contract to Alan St. Maximin's mate, uh, a guy called Floron Indelezio, former bricklayer and friend of Alan St. Maximin, give him a short-term deal uh, to play with the under-23s. I mean, this is just when Saturday comes and the movie goal all wrapped into one, isn't it? The guy's come from nowhere. We don't know who he is. He was last playing in the Australian third tier. Steve Bruce says he has good pedigree. I don't know if that means his dog food's of high quality or whatever. I don't know. But this is a bizarre thing, isn't it? This doesn't happen. I mean, I I mean, there's a chance for all of us. I can't can't relate to the goal uh, comparison because, as you you know... I haven't seen it. Although I have You're a bought cultural I have, dead end, aren't you? I have now bought it and also the two it? and also the two follow-ups. Yeah, because I felt no, so no. I felt so ashamed of my <sighs> my t- turning my own back on my own heritage that I felt the need to do that. So yeah, I'm plucking up the courage to to watch them at some point. Um yeah, I mean again, Steve Bruce was kind of quick to point out that or quick to say that they haven't they haven't only signed him because he's Alan St. Maximan's mate. Um you know, that he'll go into that squad and see what's what. It's not 
completely unheard of, however, for yeah. clubs to sort of look after, uh, if not kind of mates of uh, players, then people who sort of come and help them settle and help them be part of it. Yeah. It's quite, it's sort of quite interesting. It has happened. It has happened in the past. I know they did um, it with Ayose uh, Perez's brother as well. He was he was involved in the reserves and stuff in the the, the under twenty threes for a little while. And then joined Blythe Spartans, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so if 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 what is really happening here is that this is an attempt to to keep Saint Maximin happy and content and settled and focused, then I'm I'm all for that. But yeah, it's a strange. And if it's if it's on his own merits, then as you say, it's yeah. a kind of it's a quirky, kind of beautiful little story. There must be. How, what's the punchline? You know, he he I used mean, to he used to lay bricks, and now he's yeah. What? What's the Newcastle now he's, related? Now he's, well, he's not laying bricks, George, anymore. Right, well, that's a pretty shit punchline, isn't it? <laughs> I love stuff like this, though. This is this is the kind of shit that I live for. I live for this mad nonsense. This the, the guy should be played by Sean Bean. It's in the movie. It's I love this. This is brilliant. Get this bastard. as well, George. Right? It bastard, bastard. <laughs> Get away from me, you bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Um, <laughs> have you seen? There's that. Please, please. If you haven't seen, you must have. I'm. Sh- I, I want everyone to see this. I retweet this every now and again. But there's a clip of. Sean Bean. I think it lasts about two minutes. What's the in what sharp. Was that? sharp? And all he does yeah. is repeat the word bastard. Bastard. Come out here, you get... Dutch bastards. Come over here, you bastard. It's mainly sort of not. No, it's it is mainly sort of French <laughs> French bastard. Um, it is. Um, you bastard. 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 Just um, twenty minutes worth. Twenty minutes the word bastard. But yeah, we could we could. It's film amazing. A, film a follow up. Incredible. But the the thing is, now get this as well, George, because if, if this wasn't fairy tale enough, right, the guy goes in and, and trains with the under-23s, right, and in his first training session, his first training session with the under-23s, he scores an overhead kick, which is absolutely outrageous. Now, if you wrote this in a script and put it on a film producer's desk, he would tell you to piss off and you're being an idiot. But that's exactly what happened. He came in and he... he He's trained with the team. They had a kickabout at the end of the training session and he scores an overhead kick. And if you haven't seen it on Twitter, it's absolutely amazing. It's the it's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Well, maybe he's it's the answer. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. I mean, if he's not up front with Callum Wilson next week, I'm not happy. <laughs> Get him in the be, team. That would be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. The answer was underneath our was underneath our noses at all times. Former Brisbane <laughs> was living in Alan St Maximum's spare room the whole time. <laughs> it's astonishing. I love it. I, I'm I'm so glad that there's something like this that I can. I followed him on Instagram straight away. You know, like you do. And um, yesterday he, uh, he, I mean, he must be pissing himself laughing at this. He must be over the moon. Um, and he <laughs> he posted a uh, an Instagram live video of him just riding his bike around. Around Jasmine Dean laughing. <laughs> it's brilliant. There's hope for us it. all. Well, I mean, there is. I no love him. All, but... There's not. There's no hope for either any of us. No. But he's he's no. just. That's great. I love it. I hope he. I hope he stays. I hope he's the new Shola. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this club needs. I mean, not that the old Shola. Not that the old Shola's left. The old Shola's still here. But um... yeah, he's part of the fabric now, isn't he? He is. But it's it's amazing. I'm so pleased with it. Anyway, George. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up this parcel of nonsense? No, I'm done. Oh, I'm God, it's okay. I'm Stick spent. Stick fork and George, he's done. He's spent a mere husk of a man. 
thanks very much for listening, ladies and gents. Look after yourselves. If you want to read any of the articles that we mentioned, George's uh, article on Newcastle restarting and responding every week, uh, or Chris's fantastic article uh, about Olivia Bernard, which has just gone up today, get oh, yourself yes. on www.theathletic.com. Oh, yes. Forward slash uh, Newcastle pod. And at the moment, you can subscribe for £1 a month. Uh, get yourselves on there and have a look at all the fantastic content. Any breaking news, anything that happens, it'll be here. Uh, we shall speak to you very, very soon. George, thank you very much for your company. It's been wonderful. Delightful. I've had a smashing time. I mean, it wasn't today, but I have had a smashing time at some point yeah. in the past. Yeah. Thanks very much for listening, ladies and gents. We'll speak to you very, very soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.